Yo. Head up, think fast. You're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net. Oh, yeah. All us geeks, fresh your bet. We round the world. We round the net. So get ready and get set. Because we make it look easy. No sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host. Yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east, to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys going to get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look And don't forget to sign our Facebook Cause what they doing is board games, video games Yeah, they on it, they fly like a comet Interviews is up, this podcast is pure Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure Geek out any topic, no one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it So if you wanna go and get it on Then head to allisgeeks.com Welcome to episode 58 of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. And I'm Jordan Steinhoff. And we're here to give voice to your inner geek. Your inner geek hasn't wanted to talk for a while. <laughs> Let him out. <laughs> uh, I don't really have a whole lot in general. Do you have anything in particular? <laughs> no. No. Not funny. <laughs> Oh, I just got back from Protospiel, Milwaukee, so that was a and lot of fun. And how was that? That was awesome, actually. It was very, uh, very amazing. Nate went with me. It was Nate's first Protospiel. He had an awesome time. He's already looking forward to the next one. He's pretty excited that we might do one in Minnesota as well, I think. So he had a great time. I believe his comment was like he took Thursday off to prep and get his prototypes ready for the weekend. And he was really upset he didn't take Monday off instead so that he could work on all the <laughs> ideas he got while he was at Protospiel. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was amazing. Uh, we, I got to take him around and, uh, he met a lot of people. He got introduced to a lot of people and then, uh, he met a lot of people I didn't meet while he was there because, you know, we, we split off for a while and he went off and played some games that I didn't get to participate in because I was playing other things and, uh, it was just a, a good welcoming time all the way around. I, I love protospiel events. It'll probably, it sh- well, it should be out before this is out because, uh, it's for the Game Crafter podcast. So that, that one, uh, then the next one we're releasing over there is JT and I did an episode about why we think people should go to protospiels. Then JT and I recorded one at protospiel with all the different people there, including Nate. Nate sat in on it talking about why they attend Protospiel and what they got out of the weekend. So that it could be a little something other than just listening to JT and I say, yes, you should go. <laughs> uh, so we talked to a but bunch of But that would be your people. quickest edit ever. <laughs> Protospiel, you should go. I agree. Yeah. Can. <laughs> so it was pretty cool because we got, to, we got to talk to not only Nate, but there was another first time Protospiel attendee that sat down with me. Uh, and then we talked to a couple people that always go as strictly play testers. So we got why they attend for that reason. And so it was, it was a lot of good, good information. It was a good, uh, it's going to be one of the longest game crafter podcasts that come out, but, uh, it's, it's, it's good information. It's a good group of people. And did you get your game out? I did several times. And how was that received? I as well have a lot of things I want to change now. Um, <laughs> and Nate and I spent a good amount of time on the way home kind of talking some of that out and, and a couple ideas that we were throwing back and forth. And 
it was overall it was received well because I mean everybody kind of knew me coming in. It was a rough prototype, so it, it's not ready for prime time. It's not like I think it's ready for prime time. It's not like I was going to punch anybody that said it wasn't the greatest game they ever played. <laughs> That's next time. Um, <laughs> so it was good. I, Once I got, the dice have no longer have stickers on them, right? Then I got in two solid plays at Protospiel with it because I played a lot of other people's stuff pretty much all weekend. But got two solid plays. Um, the second play, especially, I got with really, really good people at the table. I mean, uh, Nate sat in on it again, so he got to see the changes I had made since he played it last. JT Smith from the Game Crafter sat in. Jason Glover from Great Gnome Games was in on it and a bunch of other people. Now I'm blanking, but I mean, it was, it was a good set of people that I've sat and list, not only listened, but been involved with the feedback they've given on other games. So I know I was going to get some straight shooting. I had, uh, Carl Klutzky, I believe is his last name, sat in on the first session and right away in the morning, I'm sitting eating my breakfast and he comes up to me with, he's like, I got up this morning thinking about your game and here's a page of notes for you. So, I mean, that's cool. I mean, somebody played my game and took, you know, our game, you know, Bill and I. But it sat with them enough that they got up the next morning and wrote notes up on it and stuff that they wanted to make sure that we got. So very good. Very good all the way around. I've got some, some cool things I want to try, some things I need to talk to Bill about because there might be some underlying fundamental changes that I want to make and I want to see what he's married to and what he's not. But yeah, as always, I, I've, I come out of another protospiel just kind of just a, a, a ton of ideas and a ton of creativity to kind of that whole energy to kind of feed off for, you know, weeks. It was a good time. We should come to one if we have it in Minnesota. <laughs> Go to the Holiday Inn, I might make it. It'll probably be closer to the cities. FFG. Somebody said that too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't see them going for it. <laughs> hey, if you're open to it, Christian, we, we can talk. We can be friends again. It's a whole lot of people that will come into your event center and not buy your products. <laughs> Game review. That's what we'll call it. Yeah. Sponsored by Aaron G., one of our Patreon supporters. Thank you very much, Aaron. So tonight we are going to be talking about Diamonds from Stronghold Games. Possibly for the second time. Or... Third, Third, fourth, fifth, tenth, <laughs> whatever. Diamonds is from Mike Fitzgerald, the designer. And it is a nice twist on your classic trick-taking game. You basically have a, a bunch of white and red gems that look like diamonds. The white diamonds are worth one point. The red diamonds are worth five points. Blood diamonds. <laughs> nice. Uh, can't take you anywhere. Can't. This is why I had to buy this game. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Yeah. And you get a vault that you put diamonds in front of and behind. Uh, if they are in your vault, they are safe and you get to score them at the end of the game for sure. Uh, if they are in front of your vault, you will get to score them as well for less points, but uh, they can also be stolen by other players. This is very similar to your classic trick-taking game. There's uh, 60 cards. You have the four suits. There's diamonds, hearts, spades, and clubs. Uh, and each suit has a number 1 through 15. Do the math. That's 60 cards. 15. 
I'll wait. 30 I'll wait. Times two. Uh, 60. Lost, yeah. Lost, yeah. 60. Okay. Me. We're good. Lost. We're good. And like you said, there's a, a ton of these nice diamond crystals. This, uh, is kind of cool in the fact that it's a two to six player trick taking game, which is somewhat different. Usually your trick taking games go up to four, most of them. So it's two to six players. So because of that, you have also have six vaults for where your diamonds are placed and six player aid cards. And those player aid cards basically help you know what the actions are you can take by suit because that's where this trick taking game kind of gets interesting. You have these suits that we, you know, that you're used to seeing, but every time you win a trick with a suit, you get to take that suit's action. And if you play off suit, so there isn't a trump in this game, but if you play a card off suit, so you have to play a suit if you can, like most trick taking games. But if you end up playing a card off suit, you kind of think about what suit you're going to play because you get to take the action of the suit you play by playing it off suit. So yes, you're trying to win tricks when you can, but at the same time, uh, it's not a bad idea. You know, somehow, how sometimes when in trick taking games, you kind of short yourself a suit so that you can start, you know, taking tricks with trumps. This one, you might short yourself a certain suit so that you can start taking actions of a certain suit. So that's kind of cool. Uh, I like that. And the actions are, now again, remember, you've got this vault and you've got diamonds in front and diamonds behind the vault. And again, the diamonds behind your vault are worth more points at the end of the game. So if you win or play out of suit with a diamond, you get to take one with a, a diamond suit. Uh, you get to take one diamond crystal from the supply, which is kind of like the bank, and add it to your vault. So it goes directly in your vault and the other players can't get at it. Uh, if you win with hearts or play uh, out of suit with hearts, you get to take one diamond crystal from the supply and add it to your showroom. That's in front of your vault. So it's in front of you. You can potentially score it, but other players can steal it potentially as well. Uh, and then spades is you get to take one diamond crystal from your showroom and add it to your vault. So that's one way to get them from in front of your vault to behind your vault uh, and make sure other players can't take it. And then clubs allows you to take one point, uh, a one point diamond from another player's showroom. So that is where you are stealing it from in front of another player, but you're putting it in your showroom. So it is still up for grabs until it potentially gets in your vault. So you do that. Um, let's see. It, depending on the number of players, you'll play a certain amount of rounds. Uh, it goes anywhere from like four to six rounds, depending on the number of players. And you will, depending again on the number of players, you will either play 10 tricks per round. Or in a two-player game, you're playing five tricks because each player is putting into a trick twice, uh, which... I kind of, I kind of dig the two player in that there's a little extra added strategy of you're playing two cards. You can potentially play off suit and get some stuff and or win it. You know, like you can lead with, you can lead with a short trick that you might have that you think you might be able to win. Uh, and if you're short enough, when it gets back to your second card, you can play off suit to do something else. So I, I kind of dig the two player game. You know, sometimes you don't really like the two player aspect of some of these games this I, I kind of enjoyed and then you can also play in the four to six players you can play partners 
like you would with other trick taking games. You go through a round, uh, and then at the end of a round, once all, you know, again, if you're playing more than two players, all 10 tricks, then you go through and go and in order, you go through and see who has the most of each suit. And it does matter in order because again, you know, some of these are talking about taking from your showroom or somebody else's showroom. Uh, and if you get to that, that suit and you win, uh, and there's nothing, let's say I'm supposed to take one in front of Jordan. Well, Jordan, let's say he won, uh, the suit that allows him to put it in his vault. And now he does no more in front of him. I can't take anything because nothing's there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which, That's what I will say. That is too. exactly what he says. <laughs> so you just go through and you count up how many cards you have of each suit and whoever has the most diamonds will take, you know, they'll take that action and so on and so forth. If somebody does not win a trick at all, I will also say, <laughs> well, Unless they get to take two diamond actions after everybody else is gone, though. Mm-hmm. So two diamond actions is to put two uh, diamonds right into your vault. Yep. So not horrible, but, you know, you could have done a lot more manipulating and stuff as you've gone along. You can make change, but you can't, like, take a couple diamonds from in front of your showroom and a couple from your vault to make a five-point diamond. It's all got to come from the same place, all that good stuff. And then, like I said, depending on the number of players, you're so like with two players, you're going to play four rounds. And then with like three and six, you'll play six rounds. So once you go through all the rounds, you kind of count up your points and see who's won. Uh, each point of diamond crystal that's in your vault is worth two points. And the ones that are still in front of your showroom are worth one point. And whoever has the most points wins. All right, so components. What did you think of the components on this one, sir? Pretty standard fare. It's a card game. It's got everything you need. It's got cards. It's got your little player mats. Well, not player mats, your player boards for your vault, I should say. Player mats. <laughs> that would be a good expansion for this, actually. And it's got the little plastics for diamonds. Now, we've seen these plastics and other things, and I generally don't like them. But they serve their purpose. you got white diamonds and you got red diamonds. That's a good way of, like you say, making change and, and, and keeping track of easier math, uh, rather than having to count out your giant pile of 20 white diamonds. You can just have four red ones, but it's good. The cards are nice. The artwork on, on the back is, uh, is really cool. I really like the image on the back of each card and the front of the cards easily legible. There's nothing really, you're, you're never going to accidentally throw down the 50. You know, everything is legible, you know, uh, and, and again, the diamonds. The faux diamonds serve their purpose. So, uh, you know, components, they're there. They're solid. Yeah. I think they did a good job with it. They give you nice, sturdy shields to kind of play your vaults to put stuff behind and in front of. So that serves its purpose really well. I really do like the diamonds in this game strictly from there's a lot of games like this that would say and track your score on paper. Yes. Yeah, it's definitely a plus that they're there. Right. So it it is a there nice, is something quick there. way. Yeah, there. I mean, everything you need to play the game, get yourself a roll of pennies and nickels, is in the box. So I always appreciate that, and I think it was kind of cool how they did it and, yep. and went with the diamonds. And like I said, it's it also makes it for very quick math at the end of the game. Uh, two points for everything behind, one point for everything in front. You want to make change? You got some fives. You know, you can do, you can just add up really quick. So I like that. I do agree with you that, you know, again, this is fairly standard fare. It's cards that have one through 15 on them and all that stuff. 
But they did a nice, I, I liked kind of some of the flair they used for changing up what diamonds, hearts, spades, mm-hmm. and stuff look like. I appreciated that. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple overall. If you think, I mean, it's not like this, but it's visually appealing. It it looks nice. Right. Both the front and the back. Exactly. They, they look great. The reference cards are really good and they're necessary. I think, um, at least for the first two rounds or something like that. So I, I think they've done a good job of what they put in such a small box. All of it works really well for what they're trying to do. Don't, don't. (laughs) Oh, I did it. I did oh, it. Don't do it. It's done. <sighs> mechanics. <laughs> what did you Jason think of the mechanics? Movies? Uh, it's a trick-taking game. They don't really blaze new trails here, but the trick-taking mechanic is old in itself. So what really makes it new, new and innovative, innovative mechanic, is how you use the suits for actions as well as you know, the variable scoring at the end. You know, you know, usually in trick games, it's just one to one. You know, if you have that kind of score. So here, having the mechanics, each suit does this either as you play it off suit or at the end of each round. And then, you know, the variable scoring two behind, two in your vault and one in front of your vault. That is a breath of fresh air into the trick taking. And I really like that. Yeah. That, that's what I really liked about this game as well. It's the twist. On what the a twist. T- what a twist. The twist on the, on the trick taking, like you said, I mean, trick taking itself is, is nothing new. And a lot of people are trying to do trick taking games off on, on here. I've played quite a few recently, but diamonds, I think did a really solid, really smart game. In fact, I just told somebody that's working on a trick taking game to go play diamonds and, and kind of get and know, cry <laughs> and get some <laughs> ideas and, and maybe to start thinking a little bit slightly to the left of the trick-taking stuff because at its core it's very familiar it's very warm it's very appealing to people that don't play board games because there's a lot of people that came up playing spades and euchre and hearts and all of those games that are used to that style of game and this adds in that little twist of and here's some elements from a board game the one thing i do like about like you said is usually it's it's you win or you trump and you score. I do like the action related to playing off suit and winning the suit because it really adds just that extra element of what do I want to play? What do I want to keep? Because there's an action associated potentially with each card. Is this a round I can short myself or right. do I want to go strong on everything to try to balance as much as possible what I can play off suit, you know? And exactly. You know, am I saving these spades, but I'm not going to have anything in front of my showroom, so they're going to screw me. Uh, I got to also try to get diamonds in front of my showroom so that they'll be there. All of those things. Or, you know, am I going to try to take a lower or let you take some hearts so that you get some diamonds in front of your showroom so yep. I can come in with the spades, you know, and take them away from you or I know the clubs. So just all of those little things. I mean, it just adds enough to it. And like you said, that, and then it's also the transporting them from in front of you to behind your vault to increase their worth to you at the end of the game. So all of those little things, I really enjoyed it. I think this is a, a solid game mechanically that tried something a little bit different while still remaining familiar, and I think they they did a solid job of doing it. All right. Rules. Well, the rules are pretty straightforward. You get about eight pages 
front and back. That includes the cover and then the final page being credits. So it is a very small, very concise. Now, again, this is a fairly uh, small size box. And so this is a very small rule book to be able to fit in said box. So uh, this is maybe a page and a half on a normal size rule book, you know, kind of thing. And it's it's very clear. It's very concise. There's no issues with it. There's even some stuff in here for variant play and all that good stuff. So there's enough in there to tell you exactly how to play the game and give you some additional options uh, and no questions, really. I mean, it's again, it, it is a trick-taking game at its base foundation. So if you understand trick-taking games, you're not going to have any issues really anyway. Again, with the reference cards, once you've read through it once and understand it pretty much, you're just going to go off the reference cards probably at that mm-hmm. point anyway. Very well done. Do you have anything to add about the rules? No, I think you covered it all. All right, then. Uh, what do you think about teachability? If you've played a trick-taking game, there's really not much there to teach except for how the suiting works afterwards. And even if you've never played a trick-taking game before, that is a sufficiently simple concept that that's not going to add you know, an hour to your teaching process. Teachability, real easy. I agree. It's it's one of those games, like I said a little bit earlier, I think what you're, if you're familiar with that style of game, you're going to catch on real quick. If, if that's what you grew up doing, even if you're not familiar with that style of game, I mean, there's nothing that's going to be a gotcha here. You know, a little bit of the, like you said, the, the actions, especially maybe the first couple times you win an action off suit, kind of just get you, oh, okay, I get to actually do something. I think I had a couple of those moments with Megan once or twice uh, where then she realized she actually got to do something that it wasn't just a trump or, th- or throwaway card, that you actually had to kind of make that decision because you can do both. You can do a throwaway card that actually gets you something. <laughs> replayability. What do you think about replayability? Uh, replayability is high. It's as high as any trick-taking game is ever going to be, though. I'm long past the days where I want to sit down and do a whole evening of euchre, whether alcohol is involved <laughs> or not, you know. But this, it kind of ties into my final thoughts a little bit. This is a game that covers a lot of niches, so there's a lot of replayability because you're going to get a lot of different people. It's a good crossover game. It's a good basic trick-taking game. It's a good advanced trick-taking game. So if you've got people that like the trick-takers and you want to bring them over, it's a good crossover trick-taking game. It's simple, it's friendly, it's basically an all-ages and kind of all-environments all game. You can bring this to a con for, you know, a walk-in and play area. You can teach young kids this. Like I said, it's got the, the trick-taking demo built in. So replayability is high, just A, because it's a good game, B, because trick-taking is always popular, and C, there's a lot of ways you can bust this out into a lot of different groups. Yep, I agree with you. I mean, this this hits a lot of little niches very well. And it's also fairly replayable just from the aspect that you get with a lot of trick-taking games and that you you don't always use all the cards. So, you know, you shuffle up and deal out so many cards, there's a whole pile of cards that aren't getting used. You know, rinse and repeat a little bit that, but your game's going to change a little bit and what you do for a game is going to change a little bit based on the cards you get as well. And there's varying rounds depending on the number of players there's the potential to play partners so even on number of people you've got to sit at the table to play and how you decide to play family maybe i mean depending on the group is this something you're going to sit and play all night long no Mm, 
probably not if it's uh, if it's all gamers if you're hanging out with your family there's a good chance right i mean this is something that family could kind of point to and want to continue to play and think it's really cool and neat all these new little things they get to do while at the same time the thing i like about that is at the same time you're not going to be upset about having to play it right no not at all yeah this is not going to be something you kind of go uh my in-laws are coming over and they always want to play Another two hours of diamonds. Oh. <laughs> so this is something, this is one of those games that I like from that aspect that, you know, if it appeals to families, if it appeals to even kids or something like that, if you've got them into the, the style of card games, I know I played cribbage a lot when I was younger. If you've started playing in this realm, this game is going to fit right in there and you're not going to be upset playing it. And I like that. All right. So theme. I mean, it, it's called diamonds. There are diamonds in it. There's a vault. Uh, there's some theme around it, but let's, you know, let's not get carried away. End of the day, it's a trick taking card game. There's this, the, the theme is there, but it's not like you feel like you're, I don't know, <laughs> uh, a diamond buyer, diamond seller, anything like that, or that you're protecting diamonds or, you know, you're a bank. It is a card game named Diamonds, yeah. and they make diamonds a, 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 an action in the game along with the other three suits. Right. <laughs> but uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing. For this, for this game, it. it's not a bad thing. This is not a game that you're looking for deep theme and immersion in. <laughs> so, I really felt like I was moving the diamonds. <laughs> I was going to go dark there for a minute. <laughs> I know you. I almost did. I almost did. Right? It felt yeah. I, I edited my thought and went somewhere later. <laughs> oh, oh that's dark, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> fun factor slash overall. <laughs> you kind of alluded to yours, but do you have anything else you want to add to that? It's a very enjoyable game. Uh, it, it's light. It's fast. It, even with a new player, it's it's not really going to slow you down at all. It's a very enjoyable game. Yep, I really had a good time with this game. You know, Jordan and I got to play it some. Uh, Megan likes to play it, which is obviously a bonus. I think this is something we could pull out with Megan's family. Uh, a lot of them would enjoy it. It's not a co-op, so they'd be happy about that because they don't understand how people can work together in a game, which is kind of scary. <laughs> it's like life, people. You work together. But it has that nice appeal and it's, it's very universal. And like I said earlier, it's something that you're going to be fine and comfortable playing as well. Um, and it, it's not going to upset you. And it's, it's a solid game. I, I like the fact that it has the twist on it that can kind of bring, you know, quote unquote, just card gamers. Cause a lot of times that's, Especially if you talk to like Megan's family, that's the, you know, we played cards. We all, that's, that's what we do for games. This is going to appeal to them and introduce them to some extra little mechanics that, you know, maybe they go, well, that's kind of cool. That's kind of different. What do you have anything else? And you just kind of do that slow. Yeah. Here's Doomtown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please play it. <laughs> here's Twilight Imperium. <laughs> My brother played that for the first time this weekend. And that's all he played and he didn't sleep and. Said so we started it at 7 p.m. and I knew the sentence was not going to end well then. <laughs> and we got finished at 3 a.m. I won. <laughs> did you? Did you really? <laughs> I, I don't know that. I, I mean, you may have had the most points at the end, but I don't know that eight hours of TI is ever a victory. <laughs> All right. 
So, uh, we think you should check out Diamonds if you haven't already. It's from Stronghold Games. And that was also a quick review of TI. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> uh, so definitely go check it out. It's, it's worth your time if you, uh, or especially if you're looking for something to play with the family. What we're watching is brought to you by Don Z. That's oh, right. we know who Z is. <laughs> oh, we know who Z is. Our Patreon supporter. Thank you, Don, for supporting us over on Patreon. Go for it. All right. The usual Arrow, Flash, Walking Dead just finished. Well, I guess technically not just, yeah. but at the time Very, I started really this close. list, it had just finished. Yeah. So hold on. Flash, did you see the most recent one, which of course is not tonight's? <laughs> so last week's. Yes. Yes, I believe so. Okay. Felicity and Ray. Totally belong on Flash, don't you think? They like fit right in. They're better than they are on Arrow. Yes. Megan turned to me, she's like, I want them to stay here. This is the first time I've liked Ray's character. I still don't like his character. He fit in a lot better on the Flash. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but the uh it's a bird, it's a plane thing. Come on. I I <laughs> gave on. it what it was worth. I uh, chuckled. Come on. It could have been it could have been much worse. <laughs> could have been They could have made uh, they could have made an actual direct reference to his actual Superman movie, which would have <laughs> just made him cry on set, I think. So I think going it's a bird, it's a plane was lame. <laughs> much more humane. Lame. <laughs> Continue. I've been watching Powers. No, I'm not paying for it. A friend of mine <laughs> is lending me his PSN, so I sign on every few weeks and check out however two or three apps. I think I'm in six apps now, and I'm enjoying it. I think it's really, really good. Um, when it comes out on DVD, I would recommend you watch it. When I'll do it, if, if ever. But I have I, no I, PSN, so... It bears absolutely no resemblance to the comic beyond the characters, and I think that's a good thing. Sarah was asking me some questions in the first or second up, and uh, I said, well, in the first arc, who killed Retro Girl? Uh, she what? <laughs> well, no, she's alive, because, like, see, she's right there. The comic starts with her dead, so they've diverged. So I didn't actually <laughs> just give away anything. It's, it's who killed Retro Girl bears no resemblance to what's going on in the TV show. But it's really good. They, uh, I'm really liking it. They had a... I was worried how they were going to do Trip Hammer, who's kind of Iron Manny, but they had a good, uh, they had a good battle scene between him and Eddie Izzard's character where he, he got to use his big hammer and it was good. There was, you know, he's, he's just a tech hero. So he's just beating him up with his hammer hand and all that stuff. And then Wolf rips his hammer arm off and beats him with it. So, I mean, it was really good. It's, it's not like the comics. It's not about the action. It's about the, the procedure and it's about Christian's dysfunction. And they capture that really well in the show. So I'm really liking it. Justified just finished up. Yes. And, uh, all season I was kind of expecting, a, well, you haven't seen the end of the shield, but I was, I was expecting something similar to the end of the shield. Uh, and they went in a whole different direction and I thought it was a really, really good end. Yeah. I mean, I would have been satisfied if we'd had another shield esque ending, but this was a really good end, I think, for, for yeah, everybody involved. The drawdown was almost like, oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> when they, uh, <laughs> when they zoomed in on Raylan and you saw the bullet hole in the hat, I was like, no, really? Did they just do that For, with this scrub? <laughs> I yeah. mean, a dude that walked in in the last six eps? But 
No. <laughs> very, very good though. I mean, I, I've been saying it all along, but this last season was so damn good. It just makes you so mad that this was the last season. Yes. I mean, talk about going out on a high note. There's nothing unresolved. There's nothing that they even need to think of fixing, you know, cause it was by far what well, was, I don't think it's my favorite season. But if it's not my favorite, it's definitely my second favorite. Damn close. It's gotta be. And everything wraps up. Every character that they, they introduced of note is resolved and everybody has an ending, even if it is not necessarily a good ending. Uh, everybody <laughs> has an ending. I really, really liked it. Started watching Daredevil. Everybody else I know has power watched it and gone through it all in like the first, you know, two days it was available. And I just don't find it that gripping. I'm enjoying really? it. Uh, but I have not had the desire to just put on my colostomy bag and, and watch it. <laughs> we loved it. We did power watch the hell. Oh, I'm enjoying it. I just, uh, I mean, Rosario Dawson, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we watched the whole thing in like two, three days for sure and absolutely loved it. And Megan's fully on board and, and everything. No, there are a few people on my feed that was like, uh, it's April 10th. Daredevil's available. It's April 10th, 13 hours later. Daredevil's done. <laughs> we did it all. <laughs> I can't feel my legs. Let's see here. Uh, started watching Attack on Titan finally after talking about it for like a year and a half now. I've actually committed to it. Uh, I've watched the first couple eps. Saw a couple movies. Uh, The Judge with Robert Duvall and Robert Downey Jr. Very, very good movie. Enjoyed it a lot. And then watched It Follows. I'm still unsure what I think about this movie. <laughs> it was not bad per se. They definitely, it definitely harkens back to like late 70, early 80s horror, like Hills Have Eyes and stuff like that, where it's all very grainy and the music is the most important part of the film. What's going on is really just kind of a venue, uh, a vehicle to make music happen. Have you seen it? No, I have not. I've heard about it, but one, I've been. A little too busy. A little bit. I, don't, I don't remember the last movie I've actually seen. And well, as you saw upstairs, I'm like, Megan, what did I watch? Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing too is I always get a little nervous when everybody starts hyping a movie and it follows is getting a shit ton of hype right now. Oh, really? Yeah. And the horror. Well, let me bring that down for you. <laughs> oh, there you go. Now, <laughs> now I know I'll like it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that and like Baba Duke, Baba Book or whatever the hell that damn name, Baba Duke. I, I don't think either. I don't know what it is. I like horror movies, obviously. I watch a lot of horror movies. I don't know if it's because I've watched so many over the years or if horror movies have 100% become crap in the last couple of years or something like that. But it takes six of one, half dozen of the other. It's hard for me to find one that I'm, I'm excited about and or really neutral about these days it seems like even just like oh okay that was a cool watch not those two things don't happen as much as they used to anymore it seems like so i always yeah i'm a little nervous to watch it follows because i've seen a lot of hype about it i'd never heard of it it was a sarah choice i had never heard of it until we went to see it and i mean i just don't pay attention to reviews or press or anything like that so afterwards i didn't i wasn't aware that i was getting this much hype but i mean it's okay yeah i left Thinking about the movie in generally positive terms, it was just one glaring loophole that they could have written their way around anyways and explained it in such a way that it wasn't a loophole. And if you ever see it, we can talk about it. But uh, I'm just going to say for what it was, uh, kind of the relentless evil, it did it well enough. 
Well, if they ever bring it to Netflix, I'll make Cyrus review it with me. <laughs> oh, and that's all I have for watching. Okay. Same stuff that you kind of been watching there. And we talked a little bit about it. We said, uh, we actually really did thoroughly enjoy Daredevil to the point where we did power watch the hell out of it. I will say, I guess we're six steps in mm-hmm. the fight. That is an ep two where he goes to rescue the kid. The hallway. Fight? Yeah. Oh. That I put up. Uh, Sarah hasn't seen it, but I said that's as good as the fight from the raid. Raid. Yep. yep. That's where it's getting a lot of comparison to. Yeah. 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 It was just brutal. All his fights are brutal though. It's, well, yeah. Af- after a while you go, wait a minute. Didn't you train? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you? At some point you, you had some training. Where's your, where's your training? Was your training just to stand and take a punch? Was that what they did? Is that what stick taught you? Battle Jack there Murdoch. Let me beat the hell out of you. He takes a punch. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it, and obviously that harkens back to his, his dad and all that stuff, but it's just like every once in a while you just, can we give Daredevil a win? <laughs> just, just give him one easy fight, right? Just, <laughs> uh, but no, that's, you know, and I will say at first, have you, have, have Six episodes in, you've seen the Kingpin now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, you know, first couple episodes, they just kind He's of. just a voice or a hand. Yeah. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel. At first, the Kingpin portrayal just didn't sit quite right with me, but it grew on me and grew on me. And I really like him as the Kingpin. I think he does a good job working with what they have presented the Kingpin to be, but it's, uh, it's not quite the comic. Kingpin. Oh, it's definitely not yeah. the comic. King, King, King and I Penn. think that's where I was having some disconnect at first. And, and I'm glad they haven't done that yet. I'm glad we're getting both a new Daredevil and a new Kingpin. Neither one of them established yet. Yep. Okay. So Orphan Black has started up again. Mm-hmm. Started watching that. Love that show. But just started back up. So only one episode in so far. So be talking about that more as time goes on. Game of Thrones has started back up. Two, two, three, two, two episodes in now. Yeah. So watching that, I don't know, still on the fence about that right now. Uh, you know, they, they've diverged quite a bit now. They kind of have to. We're going to graphically show you who dies this season so that when you skip their chapters in the book, <laughs> you won't miss much. I still love it. I mean, I still like the show and everything. I think they, they put together a really well done solid show. I think it's um, better than the books. And you know, that's, I never say that. So, <laughs> and Silicon Valley is back. That's just started up. So I think that's two episodes in now. And we really like that. We power watched that first season last year uh, when we kind of discovered it. So, uh, it was, we were pretty happy to see season two come back and it's been pretty good so far. So we're enjoying that one as well. <laughs> What we're reading slash listening to. Sponsored by Timothy D, one of our Patreon supporters. Thank you, Timothy. And, you know, I'll just give a general because I know you've probably got a list and I don't. I could have a list, but it would be a very boring list. Rule books and manuals. Well, okay, that too. I'll add that to the list. Rule books, manuals, work manuals. Well, that's what I meant. Yeah. But, yeah. but I've been reading off and on some voiceover books right now since uh I've been doing some of that even above and beyond uh all us geeks. So I've been kind of checking some of those out. So that's kind of where my head's been at when I've got a little bit of free time I pop a voiceover book open and, and read a bit a little bit and 
and learn about some extra exercises I need to do. <laughs> How now, brown cow? How yes. now, brown cow? Yes. The rain in Spain yes. falls mainly on the plain. None of those. <laughs> I do have a list. A list. <laughs> but it's a small list. You want to borrow my voiceover book? Ah, <laughs> no. <laughs> Get rid of that list. <laughs> I just made up a new word. That's, that's when I have a short list from now on. It's just going to be a list. <laughs> I'm reading Tongues of Serpents, which is a Timurier book by Naomi Novik. I've mentioned these before. Alt history, Napoleonic era where dragons are kicking around. So I think this is the fifth book. And I read the first three in short order. And while they're very enjoyable books, they're also somewhat dry in that she attempts to very much, I believe, use period-specific language. So that just becomes somewhat of an eyesore and an earsore listening and thinking about people talking that way. So, I don't know, it's been like over a year and a half since I've read one of these books, so I figured, okay, that might be enough time. <laughs> and and I'm enjoying it for the most part. They're stuck down in Australia, and I really wish they'd get to something because it's been a quarter of the book and all they're just doing is bemoaning the fact that they're stuck in Australia. I just finished listening to uh, The Shadow of What Was Lost by James Islington. This is the Lacanius trilogy. It is yet another book that starts off with the young male protagonist in a school learning things. And I don't know why that has become such the rage. It's like, I, I don't understand. It. And it's getting confusing for me because I've read so many of those. I had to stop and look at this book again and see if this was the third book in a series I'm reading, the second book in the series I'm reading, or the <laughs> first book in a new series, and I had to go look at the characters. And no, okay, no, this is a whole new thing. And it got especially confusing because that's what I was listening, that's what I was doing on my PC. And it was enjoyable, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. It's a, I was a little bit stilted at first as he was trying to lay out his, his world and his characters. But then when he got past that, it was an enjoyable little romp about these, eh, we'll call them three, uh, five characters who get kind of caught up in politics of this returning evil and why people in, in this particular part of the world aren't allowed to use magic. Uh, it's, it's an enjoyable read, a little bit stilted at first, but it was confusing, as I said, because that that that's my at-home book. At the gym, I'm reading Blood of Innocence, uh second book in the Sorcery Ascendant series by Mitchell Hogan, which is another book series about the young Adventist that learns way more than he thought he should and has far more skills than he realizes he does. And this is not a series of books. This is not a pair of books I should have been listening to at the same time. <laughs> So I stopped listening to Blood of Innocence until I finished Shadows because that almost sounds like you were committed and got treatment and, <laughs> and, and cured. I stopped listening to the Blood of Innocence <laughs> because it was making me do the bad, bad things. It felt so good. It's sticky. Oh. Not cool. Oh, I said it. Oh, I know. But now that I've finished like Anus, Blood of Innocence is less confusing for me now. <laughs> so you've started listening yes. to the Blood of I listened to the Blood again. Awkward. Come to me, my dark father. Come to me. <laughs> Holy shit, that could actually get my dad. I should be careful. And now my at-home book is far less confusing since I'm just reading Worth Dying For like book 15 or 16 in the Jack Reacher series. <laughs> <laughs> There's no confusing <laughs> the Blood of Innocence with Jack Reacher. <laughs> that's that's what I...
playing. Sponsored by Stephanie M. I know hey, who that M is. Too. Thanks, Stephanie, for supporting us over on Patreon. Thank you. All right. I've got a small list here, but, um, pretty much, well, I've got some other things I need to remember since you reminded me that we had not only the game day, uh, but I played a bunch of stuff with Protospiel, obviously, which I'm not going to try to list. Uh, list it all. If you follow us on Facebook or Twitter, you saw all the pictures of pretty much everything I play. <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll try to recall a, a couple cool things, um, that I can remember. But I have a bunch of like, uh, video game type stuff, but take it with a grain of salt because it's like maybe a minute here, a minute there. Like last week, I worked from home for most of the week and we had those got, luckily I worked from home most of last week. My headset blew up. My 15 plus year old headset that I inherited when I started working 15 plus years ago at Mayo, we were in the middle of these long eight plus hour conference calls and the thing just fell apart. <laughs> so I spent a day with doing this gesture, you know, the, the cradle in the neck and my neck was killing me so damn bad after that Monday that I said, you know what? Until I get a new headset at work. As long as we're doing these eight-hour conference calls, I'm working from home. Uh, so I worked at home most of the of last week, which was cool. But I got into like a little gameplay here and there whenever like we broke for a long lunch or something like that. It's like, oh, lunchtime, okay. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yes, yes. I still suck at that game. Although I still haven't figured out how to play as Jason Voorhees. He's an unlock, isn't he? Is he? Even I don't if you know. have the DLC, I thought he was an unlock. I do have the DLC, but so far I don't know how to unlock him. I will have to figure that out. No, I meant like I think he's like an achievement unlock. You yeah, that's what I'm saying. I have to figure it out. Yeah. I so. gave you five bucks. What more do you yeah, need? Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's my unlock. Damn it. But I, I have been playing Mortal Kombat ever since. The, in fact, that was, I think that was the first time I turned on the Xbox last week. Like, Oh, Mortal Kombat came out today. Yep. I, I'm fine. If you want to take an extra long launch. Yeah. That'll, that'll work for me. I got some things I got to do anyway. Uh, we want to stretch that out to two Get hours. Over here. <laughs> Was that Jeff? Nothing. Uh, so yeah, I have, I have played a little Mortal Kombat X. Uh, I enjoy it. I, I'm playing through the story mode, which is kind of goofy because, you know, like Megan came home one day. She goes, I didn't think Mortal Kombat had a story. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, watch the movie. Yeah. No, 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 no. Watch the game. Christopher Lambert said so. <laughs> Uh, but oh god, cool. that was a horrible movie. <laughs> but it, it it it's introducing uh some new characters and stuff and and whatnot, and it kind of makes you almost the story mode kind of makes you play all of the characters. You know, it keeps switching which character you are at the time between fights and stuff. So and and whose viewpoint you're watching and all that crap. So it's kind of cool from that because you get to kind of play everybody and and look at everybody's abilities and all that stuff. So I've I've been having fun with it. I still suck at it, but I've been having fun with it. Uh, Far Cry 4, of course, I'm still playing around with that. And that is, that, that's, oddly enough, that has kind of become my calm game. <laughs> because I'm not doing the story. I'm not, I'm not doing the story missions. I go in and like, whenever you unlock a certain area, they kind of show you the map and like, here's where there are loot crates that you can find. Here's, come find this mask. Come find this special thing. So I'm doing all of that. And I'm, I haven't even, I don't even remember the last, I don't even know what the story is anymore. <laughs> I just go around, I did like all the hunting. Am I still on an island? I, I, don't, I don't know. I did all the hunting stuff or most of it so far. It's like, 
because you got to hunt things and skin them to upgrade your like your bags and all of these kind of things. And now you're back to the blood of the innocents. (laughs) You know, it's like you can only carry so much ammo unless you upgrade your ammo pouch. And you do that by getting X number of this skin. And so I've done almost all of that except for the special ones. Like I had to go hunt uh, a ancient piranha with like a, with, with dynamite basically (laughs) with, with explosives and just weird crap like that. Those are the only ones I still have left. Yep, redneck vision. <laughs> Except for he was a pain in the ass. So yeah, I, I, every once in a while, if I don't know what else to do and I don't want to think about it, and, and usually like, like right now, that's, that's the disc that's in my Xbox. So I'll pop on there, do something real quick. Go, all right. I've had enough of this. I'm out. Hearthstone and scrolls. I haven't played as much. Every once in a while, I pop on when I can. I actually did check out the Neverwinter Nights MMO. Hmm. That, you know, so I, I played a little bit of that. I haven't played a lot of it. It was all right. I mean, I didn't get far enough into it on the Xbox to really get a whole huge feel of it. I know I see a, a few other people I know that are playing it too, uh, and they seem to be playing it quite a bit, but eh, from time to time for a free MMO, I mean, you're not going to microtransaction it. That's all right. You know, something to do. Defense Grid 2, they're playing a little bit of that because I like Defense Grid. And they had a sale on Defense Grid 2. There you the go. Xbox One. So I thought, hey, I'll do that. If A, then B. Yeah. Child of Light. I believe that was one of the free games they gave me. So played a little bit of that. Just again, little chunks here and there to kill time. Fired up Castle Story the other day that I hadn't played in forever off of my Steam. And again, that's just, that's another one that's just like, eh, I'm play a little bit of it and be done. So play that a little bit. They still, it's, it's still, in early access or whatever, even though it's, I think I've had it for at least a year now, <laughs> but there's still some little buggy things with it. So I played it for a little bit. It's like, all right, I'm done. Come back some other year. It's not a bad game. I, it's just, I don't know. Killed, killed a little time, but you know, when like I'm trying, like I, I tried to play their survival mode, which is you're going to get attacked every so often. There's a countdown timer and then you're going to get attacked by things. And so you're, you're mining and all this other crap and, and you get crystals that go into your thing so that you can produce more. I think they call them bricketrons or something like that. Your people, your little people. And you can make other workers or archers or warriors. And so, you know, the, the waves get worse and worse as time goes on and you're supposed to protect your crystal in the middle. So you're supposed to kind of build a castle around it. And the castle, the castle building always bugs out on me. It'll only let me build so much. And then my guys just stop working. And I know they can only go so high, but even if I build stairs, they won't use the stairs. So I get to that point and then I get kind of pissy and then I just drop out. It's like, until you fix this, I don't want anything to do with this. <laughs> and then I tried to, like, I even tried to go in and do like their tutorial and I got all the way through it to this one point. It says, do this. And it would not let me do it. And, and it doesn't have a skip or anything else. You just got to dump out of it. So I was like, Oh, screw you. Yeah, I'll be back in six months. Exactly. So there was that. And then, okay, so we had the game day. Again, I didn't write any of this down, so I'm just going to think of a couple of things. Got to talk about Vegas Showdown because that has not hit the table in years. So that was kind of cool to get to the table. It also helped me get ready for uh, Protospiel because JT has a game that is very much a homage to Vegas Showdown called Parkies. Uh, so it was kind of interesting that I had 
just dusted off Vegas showdown the weekend before and then went and saw something that uses things very similar to Vegas showdown in a game. So that, what did we play? We played Pathfinder Adventure Card Game. Uh, we got in some Legendary Encounters. I finally got to play Scoville. That was awesome. Uh, we played some Prototypes and Evening Cards Against Humanity, uh, which is a, a staple on- And Drinks game. Against and, Cards Against Humanity. Drinks Against Cards Against Humanity. By the way, thanks for having my back on that one, dude. Hey, no problem. <laughs> it's like, that's why we get along so well. We stick together. <laughs> And let's see, I, and I went to Protospiel this, this past weekend. Like I said, I played Parkies. Uh, I played a lot of games and I'm not going to sit here and try to name them all. Um, uh, again, uh, I posted a picture almost of every game I played. Uh, the only time I think I did not post pictures was if it was a replay or I was doing a, uh, stopwatch timer for somebody to, to show them how long it took to play or something like that. So there's a lot of pictures on our Facebook and Twitter from things I played. A couple of things I will point out, uh, landed from my buddy Marson. That was cool to see just from the aspect of I played it at the protospiel where he was drawing it, like he was making it at, on the spot. And I played that version versus this version, which is all decked out, its own box, artwork, everything, and the changes he made to it. And it's a really cool game. So that was really cool to see because it's something I got to play so early in its conception to see what it's become today was pretty cool. And, and he had a lot of cool games there. The other one I want to point out, and this is from a guy I met, Scott, and he's actually up in the cities and he's one of the guys that's kind of behind us getting Protospiel Minnesota going, but he has a game called, uh, Super Galactic Battle Mounties. It's the Power Rangers of Canada. <laughs> I'm there. It was, a, and it was a co-op game. It was obviously a labor of love because the board is insanely developed. Just, it, I mean, it's all, it's all like dial based. So he's got the dials on the board and all that stuff and the, the big map and everything. And it was, it was kind of fun to play. It was a, a little bit different game than I played all weekend long. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, he did throw out the rule that you actually have to shout out who you are. Uh, when you form a robot together with some of the other players and almost everybody around the table is like, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And I just kind of went, you know what? I'm about to save all your asses. <laughs> and I yelled out, <laughs> I yelled out mine. I was like, screw it. I, I'm with my people. <laughs> and of course everybody looked and they're like, this is oh not what God. people are going to judge me harshly for. <laughs> yeah, this, this isn't it. <laughs> There's a whole list that comes before this. You know, it was, it was, it was a fun time. We lost horribly. <laughs> we got our butts kicked. Uh, so yeah, there are a lot of good games there. Um, again, if you are following us on Facebook or Twitter, and if you're not, go check, go check us out at least for that. I mean, a lot of times if Jordan and I play games, uh, we will make sure to usually post a picture up on, on one of our social media feeds. So that's all for me right now. Well, we've got an on again, off again, Imperial Assault campaign going and I, we got in one game of that. That's been harder to coordinate than I would have thought for just four people. Got in some Dungeons and Dragons Attack Wing. That was a game that, uh, I was surprised I won. Things went really well for me when it, they shouldn't have. <laughs> See, then we got in, uh, some Marvel Legendary, just with base set. I was teaching Mike that. Um, then we got in both Pathfinder RPG and at your place at the game day, the adventure card game. Also at the game day, what else did I play? Got in some Suro of the Seas, uh, with the Foul Kirby's. 
and um <laughs> Gravwell. Uh I was good, played that with uh who was there? Me, Matt, Junior Kirby, and Was Adam in on that one? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's which by the way, yeah, we had the life size hoplomachus at that at was the awesome game day. That seeing was that set. Excellent. Yeah. And then as you said, cards against Bandit in the evening. Uh let's see what else here. Got in a really good game of X Wing. We finished the Tantive Four linked scenarios and uh spoilers, I lost. It was a heartbreaker. If I had one more move, I would have won. Uh, but my opponents just, just got way crazy hot at just the right time. And he was, he was throwing four dice and getting four hits like every time. And, and he just chewed, chewed me up in turn and a half. And I was like, I just need one more move and I win. I just, I just need one engine. Just one. <laughs> just let me go. And I win. No. <laughs> and then I got into a group. I Skype into their group for Numenera. Which is something we've talked about off and on. And we've only had one session, but it's enjoyable. It's very much story driven. Combat is there, but it's not really the prime, uh, focus. It's really about, uh, story and, uh, and interaction and events, uh, sometimes combat, but everything is very streamlined and very enjoyable. As a system, I've never played anything quite like it. So I, I am enjoying it. Playing again tomorrow night, my second session. And, uh, yeah, it's a good system. Who are you playing with that again? Uh, uh, some friends from back home. Okay. That's why I got Skype in. Cool. That is the one I would like to try someday. (laughs) All right. Well, there you go, everybody. That's another episode in the books. By the way, the pledge drive and all that stuff is over, but our Patreon is still ongoing. So we will continue to talk about that. Like you heard throughout this episode, we do appreciate everybody that supports us over at Patreon. You help us keep the lights on uh, between Patreon and some of the services we provide. All of that money goes to make sure that we continue to provide content and can improve and upgrade wherever we can. So uh, check out patreon.com slash allusgeeks. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash allusgeeks. And uh, if you enjoy what content we provide, please think about sponsoring us and pledging for us uh, if you are in a place to do so we greatly appreciate it all right there you go that is the end of this episode i'm jeff king and i am the allergic canadian thanks for (laughs) listening thank you for checking out a united geeks network family member if you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find royal monster battalion a podcast where two geeks share their love of monster movies and have a few laughs along the way. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com.
Till next time, stay chill, stay trill.